Good afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri, Atlanta, Georgia, Los Angeles, California, Orlando, Florida, Detroit, Michigan, East Palestine, Ohio, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Dallas, Texas, Indiana, Topeka, Kansas, Charlotte, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Kansas City, Missouri, home of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, into the Chiefs. Welcome to Lunch with the Latino Comrades for February the 25th. 2023. My name is Alan Fultz, their host and creator, along with Yelda Adonai. How you doing, Ria? Fine. And the family's doing well, I hope? Yep. Okay, and then we be joined here by Scott, real estate broker. Papa Bear uh, in the house. Papa Bear's in the house. He does a little bit of everything here. And also, I found it as uh, Rev, you didn't know this, okay? I mean, you may, I didn't know this, okay? But Scott also is a singer. We, we're going to see this sometime soon, Scott, where this going to be at. Um, well, I don't have any current dates right now that are working out. So, I usually do okay, national uh, anthem at a lot of different places, though. Yeah, okay. See, see Rev, he, ha- he can sing also. That's why I'm the humber. Hey. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I said I knew that, okay. And I, and I know we'd be jumping about uh, Chucky Bowen, but right now we're broadcasting live on Ferguson, USA, Hot Tower.com, from Wilson Terrace in North County, St. Louis, and in the North, North St. Louis City. I'm Reverend Loud and Reverend and Scott is in all of Missouri, and we broadcast live again on Ferguson, USA, Hot Tower.com. We can be seen and seen live in the color on Ferguson. Now live stream, also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and also our podcast. And also the show can be at, got, it can be heard again this entire future tomorrow at one o'clock uh, from one to three, and also on Wednesdays from one to three. But right now, without further ado, we have prayer with Elder Alan Lyles, who's the pastor of the Walnut Park Dow Catholic Church, located in North St. Louis at 5547 Avenue in the Code at 6120. And Reverend Alan Lyles,
scripture which proved that there is none good. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, break it down, real. Come on. Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 14 and verse one. One through seven. We go read. Verse okay. one said, "The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works." There's none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquities no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread, and call not upon the Lord. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when the Lord bring it back the captivity of his people, Jacob should rejoice and Israel should be glad. Another scriptures. Ah, Psalms 53 and verse 1. Okay. I'm just giving scriptures to prove that there's none good, no, not one. <laughs> the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Another one, Ecclesiastes. Okay. The fourth chapter of Ecclesiastes. No, the third chapter in verse 12. <clears throat> Sorry. I know that there is no good in them. Come on. People, human beings. Mm -hmm. But for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Another one. Which is the final one. Romans, the third chapter. In verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that do it good. No, not one. So ain't no good thing that dwells in man. That was my topic. These are scriptures that prove that I got a lot more scriptures, but I'm not gonna go through with this scripture. I just continue on with this. But this this world it's waxing worse and worse. That's why, and the reason why it's waxing worse and worse because there is none good, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ain't nothing good in this world. Nothing. The people ain't good. Man messed up everything. The animals. It's even bad for the animals. The animals don't have no good in them. Because man brought them into sin. 
Man was afraid. He brought everything. Mankind is afraid. He's the one that caused all this corruption, confusion, and chaos going on all over in the universe. It's this wicked man. Right. He's the one that caused that. These school shoes, everything like that, of murder. Kids are after kids. They they just as wicked as the parents. The kids ain't nothing good in them either. Because they they can't learn nothing good if they got parents that don't know what good is. So how can they learn what good is? They can't. We thank God for his wonderful gift. That's why we need to be born again. Everybody needs to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you pass from death unto life before you sleep and after you sleep. And the only goodness that's in man is that which comes from God and the animals as well. Life itself is something. Life if you look at the L in life, it means love. Mm-hmm. You look at the I in life, it means it's infinite. Mm-hmm. You look at the F, it's forever. And the mm-hmm. E is eternal. Because it, that's mm-hmm. God. Life is God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever mm-hmm. believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life and i'd like to give you all some scriptures to read and you see that there is no good thing that dwells in the flesh joshua 23 verse 11 psalm 53 verse 1 psalm 14 verse 1 through 7 romans third chapter verse 12 Romans the third chapter, verse 9 through 20. Ecclesiastes the third chapter and verse 12. Ecclesiastes 12, third chapter and verse 11 through 22. And Isaiah the 40 chapter, verse 6 through 31. And Luke the 18th chapter, verse 18 to 30. This is talking about the rich young ruler. He thought he was good. When you read it, you'll find out he had did all the things they did and he still wasn't good. Because he was just as wicked because he wouldn't go and sell all his uh, riches to give to the poor. So it wasn't no good thing that dwells in him either. Matthew 19, verse 16 to 30, and Luke 10, verse 25 to 30. People, be born again. God wants you to be born again. That's why the gospel must be preached daily. The daily occupation. The Holy Spirit speaks the gospel through silence. People that go around and read the Bible and stuff like that and get information as well, the Lord intervenes with them with the Holy Spirit to convict their spirit to be saved. That's why you don't know when a person is born again because it's God only knows, not you. And it's only for that person to know it's between him and God. And so I just leave you all with that. 
and continue to believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ before it's too late. Well, you you be so kind since you got the Bible out there. Would you be so kind to read uh, Ezekiel Exodus, third chapter, maybe the first ten verses, right there? You know, that kind of tell people, you know, sometimes people say, you know, I don't understand what's going on, or I ain't got time, or whatever, whatever. Okay, and read, you know, a couple of verses from the Ezekiel uh, Exodus, third chapter. It's very timely what you just talked about. Okay. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, mm-hmm. verse one. one. To everything there is a season <clears throat> and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Mm-hmm. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to moan and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be hollering with your mouth. If you don't want nobody to notice, uh, stop running your mouth. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, it cause war. Yes, sir. A time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, in a time of peace. What prophet had he that worked it in that wherein he labored? I have seen the travail which God had given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that was, you know, you know, just as you were, as you were describing at the times, you know, that, that we are going through, you know, is this, Unbelievable, Rev. You know the time that we're living in now. Uh, in historical, I mean, I, I like, I love history. Okay, I mean, the, the more you read about you know, the past, the more you see about how what's taking place now. And, you know, but what we're seeing now, Rev, is almost unprecedented. The thing that we're seeing, like right now, Rev, there's <coughs> a going on in, in Los Angeles, California. Now. You and I know, and Susan Scott knows, especially Scott up in, up in New York area, that when it snows, uh, people who drive in the snow on a regular basis have a problem getting around. But can you imagine right now in Southern California, where people never saw snow before, sometimes their whole lifetime, now trying to drive in LA? Do you that's that confusion? Yeah, it's a lot of chaos. <laughs> that is a lot chaos. of chaos. And there's a lot of and there's a lot of people that was already wicked and they both wicked because they still gonna be trying to do something that they know they can't do on the snow. Well, I don't know that. Rev. In most cases, uh, I mean, I almost bet your opinion on that. That most of those cities don't have snow plows. <laughs> I mean, you know. So I like uh, to know, you know how they go, how they shove the snow. You're right. Okay, so I'm saying so. Uh, 
So you talking about, uh, you know, being prepared, you know, like, like you know, uh, you know, you gotta be prepared. But, it, but right now, it's just the weather right now tells us now. And and the, and the funny part about that, Rev, is even in the St. Louis area, we had six degrees last week. This week, I should say, and week before. We're having it next week. We had, we had a, little, a, little, a little sleep last night. But normally in St. Louis, this time of year, we got nothing but ice and snow on the street. Yep. I mean, but right now, when we drive the bone just about. The Lord said uh, the weather makes its changes all over the universe. Yes, sir. And uh, can nobody stop the weather? <laughs> no, nobody. Can nobody stop God for what he's doing? God is warning the people with all these different things that's happening. God mm-hmm. is warning the people to get saved. He's coming soon. He can come any time. He really comes yeah. every day. Every time somebody goes to sleep out this world, God then sent the son in here to take him out of here. Amen. Amen. You but Rev, I mean, I just thought I was going to passage that's one of my favorite, favorite things to read. You know, and it gives my kids, you know, you know their nightly prayers and stuff. But, uh, I think the Rev today, what you get on today is that uh, we need to be aware, and if you're not, get, if you're not right, try to get right. Amen. And, and, get, and get right, you got people right. That's the first thing you got to do, okay? You got to stop being so mean to people. And the hatred is one of the things that drive most things in our country. Now, around the world, not just in our country. But, uh, but uh, I want to thank you, Rev, for a beautiful, beautiful lesson today, as usual. I thank you for the, the time. And also, I want to thank you for the good word that you brought today, Rev. So, so that's Reverend Elder Allen Lyles, Pastor Walnut Park. You don't have a church broadcast. Well, you're 55, 47 on Lillian Avenue. And that's in North St. Louis, and that's just Walnut Park area. Well, I mean, my name is Allen, folks, and that's Scott. And we'll be right back. Scott, take it out of here. Amen.
singles and around the world. We listen to Frigos and USA Hot Radio.com. Lunch with the Mississippi Human Comrades. And today, uh, we want to, you know, this is Black History Month, you know, and as real was just talking here early on about confusion, you know, and one of the things that we have heard more than one time, you don't know, you know your history, you know, you don't know your past, okay? Uh, which is your history, you know, you're not going to do too good, okay, in time to go forward. And so one of the things in Black History Month uh, that's most notable here, uh, we have uh, uh, we have five museums that kind of tell the story of our, our Black history, uh, and they kind of spread out around the country. And I think one of the things that's so important nowadays, because a lot of schools, even down in Florida, uh, they are protesting against the governor down there trying to change the uh, education format. And, and if, you, if you notice, even here in Missouri and around the country, we have most Republican uh, legislators and, uh, right now that control. They are trying now, there's no time to do their best, okay, to squash the history of our country. And one of the things, the, the young kids, they want to find out about history. Because they know, the more you understand, okay, because they understand how to intertwine with other people. And one of the, uh, I'm going to name some museums for you. One of the, uh, one that's, uh, uh, we always hear about Mark Twain, and I'm very friend, and they have a museum called the, uh, called the, uh, uh, it is right here, of Friends Freedom, Freedom Center. Now, this is a museum that really has a lot about, you know, uh, you know how things kind of, kind of came together in history and stuff, you know, and also a lot about the community, like Tom Sawyer, back and back, back people like that. And also in this, uh, it tells about some current people like uh, former President uh, Dan Quayle, you know, uh, you know who was the, vice, the vice president. And also tells about here in Hannibal, Missouri, where we have a, a, have a lot of African-American history there because that tells a lot about that. That's just here in Missouri, okay? And there's another thing that we that's, that talked about it called the Milton House. Now, the Milton House uh, talks a lot about uh, the Underground Railroad sites. And so you're not aware, when you had, uh, uh, the Milton House is located, matter of fact, in the north, okay, in Milton, Wisconsin. Uh, and that's about 45 miles south. Yes, sir. No, sir, I was just coughing. Uh, Okay, 45 minutes south of, uh, uh, what's that, um, Madison, Wisconsin. But it tells there, okay, that the Underground Railroad was something that started and got, got slaves from, from the south you know, to the north, okay? About that in history, but what the what the uh, Milton House does, it, it kind of allows you to, to kind of trace the routes of those things that had how that came place. I got how it was done, okay. And this was built back in 1855, and it tells a lot about uh, how slaves had to go through endurance. Is out the mental a couple of years ago, some years ago, and we had Mud Island was there, and we had places like here in St. Louis, a lot of places that had connector routes that they, they could get to to go to the north at night and they travel. And so right now, the Milton House you know, is, a, is a, a thing there, okay, with uh, tells a lot about the black history there. Another a nice place to visit is the Mother the King uh, National Historical Park. And, and this is in, in downtown Atlanta, this is in Atlanta, Georgia. 
and it tells a lot about about the King history and uh, it tells about what he did there. And you can visit that also. And also, uh, uh, there was one also in uh, in uh, this, uh, this was a pretty good one here, okay. And uh, it, it was a, uh, it's called the Apex, uh, and it's just about the fifties, nineteen forties and fifties. You know, the sweet uh, Auburn district growing up. Like on businesses, like something like they did, where in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they all they all were burned out. And so these are another place where blacks pretty much, you know, were doing pretty good, you know, uh, you know, doing great things and stuff, you know. And uh, and and, uh, and so right now, you, this is some place you can go. So one of my favorite places to go. Okay, matter of fact, um, uh, and, uh, 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 one of the first thing that was named. In 1946, uh, Fortune Magazine, 1956, uh, named Albany Avenue as the richest Negro street in the world. You know, and this is no historical, okay? It showed that we had a lot of black men there, being there all through time. But the one that probably gets the most attention is the one in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, which is the National Rights Rights Museum at the Lorraine Motel, where Dr. King was killed at. And uh, I had a chance to visit a couple of times, and uh, each time I go there, they have always made improvements to it. And but when you go there, uh, be prepared, you know, to be moved uh, emotionally, and it gives you a, a, a good, a good, good time to uh, understand what was going on during that time period. And uh, one of the things that uh, that they talked about was, you know, I've seen, I mentioned all these different places on the ground railroad. Uh, Later on in life, uh, in, in between uh, 1936 to 1967, there's a thing called the Green Book. Now, the Green Book is, is not what you think it is. It's a little book, not a little book, it grew, okay? Uh, what it is, that you know, a lot of, in, in the country, a lot of sundown towns are places that blacks could not actually go. And in those days, I, I, I remember doing this because I traveled from, you know, from the, the south to the north. Uh, uh, vice versa. We all had to have a little shoebox if you travel. Okay, because you had a shoebox. Well, the shoebox where you kept your food at. You had your napkins and stuff, because there were no McDonald's. There were no, we couldn't stop at restaurants. Uh, we couldn't do any, any of those things. I mean, so, and so when you travel, you had, you had your little shoebox, and your little chicken in there, okay, always smell the co-op, you know, the bologna sandwiches and stuff like that. And so, 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 it, so they, they kind of tell in the Green Book where you could go and you, you got to a different town. This is where black had you know, a, a few owned their homes up, you know, for people to stay overnight. And back in those days, a lot of our professional athletes, uh, like Will Chamberlain, you know, back right here in St. Louis, uh, some of the baseball players who live here in St. Louis, uh, they could not go in the hotels like everybody else did. Uh, I mean, and okay, it's kind of, oh, I hate to say that, but this is the story, okay, about our history. And so what this does, this, this Green Book does, it kind of, you can get a copy of it, okay. Matter of fact, in certain cases, I remember some years ago, I was in, in Louisville, Kentucky, so Kentucky Derby, and uh, over there, they didn't have hotel for black people for us to go to, but this, all the blacks in, that, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, they were able to uh, let one, one, one home cook breakfast all day long. Another home cooked uh, lunch all day long. Another home cooked, cooked uh, uh, what you call it, uh, dinner all day long. 
if he's a face of state, you can go to his house. And he was real coordinated. So I actually kind of saw that, you know, in effect myself, okay? Uh, it was kind of sad because this was around the time Mother King was not Mother King, I mean, um, character. But character's great, Muhammad Ali, was um, just in, in that era. And man, I had a chance to meet Ali's brother in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in Louisville over there. And, but, and then they had a nightlife like most of these that black folks go to. Well, anyway, these are some of the things, and this is Black History Month. And if you can't get a chance to visit them, you can come up back right here in St. Louis. We have a Black History Museum on the Grio. It's okay at 25 Old Fashioned Avenue, and uh, that's in, in, uh, in our Niagara Park area. Uh, and I uh, in my old office, and that build, it's a building there. And so uh, we had a guest on, you know, Mr. Louis Conley. Uh, and we look up this degree, it's here in St. Louis. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, this is kind of a, some of the new, new museum, but it has a lot of information for you there. Now, also, uh, one of the things that we're happy about, though, is that uh, as the pandemic is now starting to wind down, as a matter of fact, the president said already that because May, that the state of emergency will be lifted. Now, what that means is that uh, we've got a lot of changes to everyone in the country. Uh, you know, the changes, you know, you know uh, in some states, Medicaid program will continue, uh, continue recovering, uh, getting uh, COVID tests and stuff like that. But in most, in some states, okay, uh, you have to pay, you know, for, for your tests. I mean, for your back, for your boosters. You know, and as a matter of fact, to get them under Medicaid, it has to be ordered by a physician. And vaccines, there's no choice to be done that way. But also, um, most people have, have to pay out of, out of pocket for those, you know, for those those tests and also for those vaccines. And as real as I talked this morning, that those, those things are not cheap. I mean, and, and there'll be some private insurance that also uh, pay shortages for lab tests, vaccines, uh, vaccination will continue to be free for, for those who have private insurance dates company. So that, that, that's, you know, again, uh, that's what you got to look at now in the, the preparation. And people go to, uh, you know, to, uh, in their own network of battles, you know, with their cursory charges. And the federal government has been preparing to shift to the commercial market since last year. So again, this is something to be prepared to get your COVID-19 test and shot. The boosters right now, why they are still free to you. What I'm saying, in some cases, you still have to wear your face mask, but in some places, you know, uh, this is still uh, alive and well, especially when one of the first flu season, but things are starting to light up a little bit. And RSV, yes, it's stuff, no, nasal stuff for the kids is still kind of winding down. So again, please be careful and make sure that you get your test now while you're free. Uh, this, this week, this year, uh, 
President Trump, President Biden, has been able to organize them into a very powerful force. And now NATO is strong. He has been in many, many years. And they are also supporting uh, Ukraine. Uh, three nations are sending them tanks. Some are sending them uh, different type of missiles, which we have. And keep in mind, Ukraine does not have anything like this for them, for them to fight back. But right now, uh, you know, in, in Russia, they get a draft <laughs> because, because you know, the, 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 the army them will be worn down and they had a draft to, 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 to go to fight. Well, that didn't go the way uh, President Putin had planned it. Most of the young men, they were on airplanes, on trains, on buses, and cars, or walking anywhere they could get out of Russia. That's what they were doing. They did not want to go fight in the war. And so now, uh, you know, the, the, the armed forces that they have here fighting now, they're not the best trained people now out there fighting. And so, so again, uh, uh, as, as, as the war goes on, so right now, with, uh, you, you hear in the news, this is very powerful. This is what I'm about to say to you. Right now, uh, Russia is trying to get China. They have them with missiles, with supplies, and also, you know, uh, you know, food and other things there for them to make sure they continue to walk. And I will say to this, okay, one of the things that President uh, Biden is saying, you don't want to let them you know, give them certain air, aircraft, stuff like that. But if, uh, if China gets involved, I think the air, aircraft will be coming their way. And the reason why the aircraft, you're not aware, the, the F-15, the F-18, the things that we have in this country, they are very, very sophisticated airplanes. You know what I'm saying? You can't just get in these planes and just sort of fire. I mean, they're very complicated things to do. It takes a lot of training. And so, and so most of the time, it takes anywhere up to six, no, nine months, okay, before you can actually get, you know, travel on these things. So, so, but I can assure you, the training is probably being started someplace, but we don't know about it. But again, all we can ask now is if you can please pray for Ukraine. All the people that lost their lives, all the cities that have been destroyed, it's just complete destruction. And by the way, as we all know, since Russia could not beat them on ground, they are trying to shoot missiles from afar. And they get in hospitals, daycare centers, interface centers, they just shoot them missiles. But again, when President Biden was there, they stopped shooting those missiles. That was called the fear of the United States president of our country. Again, uh, you know, uh, when you hear more about this, okay, uh, uh, Russia is uh, on their heels. And by the way, the only way this can be kind of can be resolved is that it's hard to be at the negotiation table. And so sometime, uh, I think sometime in the next six months or so, but meanwhile, you know, more money is needed for the missiles to Ukraine. So I think right now that's going to take place. And also, uh, in this time period, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, well, first of all, in the insurrection, uh, the takeover of our, of our country, 2000, uh, 2021, when the, you know, the six, when they stormed out of the capital, uh, a lot of people are going to jail. Have been going to jail. Most people that you saw, they're carrying the flags, you know, through the rotunda, well, and the proud boys, all those people like that, 
they have been going to jail very quietly. Very quietly in that thing. Now what they have done, these were the people that's on the ground, on the ground level of fighting. And now when they get to the people, they're at the top. And that's where we are right down there down there in Georgia. Where the people that, that actually planned the war that coordinated what was going on. And that's where you have your East Monday, we have a more metal and even our president, former president, all the way involved with this. So right now, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, the Fulton County, Fulton County just uh, a district attorney, they don't even have a fanny, Fanny Willis, uh, she's conducted a special grand jury investigation. And, you know, that part is over right now. And so, and in Atlanta, in the Georgia, their, their, their system has a different way of doing business there. So normally the four people, the jurors cannot talk about what took place. Now, then you see on TV, as well as Warfare is talking. Well, I don't think she, it's good, it's good, you know, for the, for the, for the to me personally, uh, what she's doing is not good you know, for the justice system. Uh, tell her, you know, what she's talking about, what she thinks she can talk about. Now, because, you know, a lot of people are kind of upset. I mean, you know, on the edge, because he's, he's saying over, over a dozen people will probably be indicted. And, and there probably will be more than that. But in Georgia, this is a two-tier two step, okay? And so right now, uh, we're going to see how that how that's going to play out. And I, in the meantime, uh, Jack Smith, that's a counsel for the Donald Trump, you know, inquir inquiries. Uh, this is about the Justice Department. He's doing it here now. Uh, he handled the investigation to the um, Mar-a-Lago uh, papers that we had all last year. The papers of President Trump was not you know, like turning the documents. And so, and so anyway, uh, one of the key figures in all this investigation always had been Vice President uh, Mike Pence. And we also saw back President Pence fighting for his life. You know, he went to the Capitol, you know, the extent. Hey, Pitt, hey, Pitt. Well, right now, uh, uh, there was a coordinated plan that they knew that that Pitt wasn't going to do what he was supposed to do. Then the word came out, we're going to storm the Capitol. And then what they were trying to do now, and the black president did some no, no worthy thing, and then he refused to leave the Capitol. Uh, he's on the phone, you know, uh, fighting, you know, trying to get those two commands to the Capitol. You know, you get, get help you know, for the priest there. And, you know, trying to say, like, like what the president should be doing. But at that time, uh, President Trump was watching on TV, enjoying himself, you know what I mean, and, and didn't call nobody, you know, and, re and refused to call anybody. I mean, his daughter went into him, you know, uh, or Meadows went into him and said, hey, you got to do something about this. And so, as, as it seemed as though he was, he was a well-orchestrated plan over the our government. Now, in our Constitution, it shows you that it's against the law. Now, this goes back to when they had the Confederate armies uh, in the United States for fighting. And anybody that had fought previously in the Confederate services, you know, they could not serve in Congress. Uh, they could not uh, fought against our country. But right now, most of these people that we talk about who are going to, are going to jail, they're going to jail because they had uh, they had to take over the country. They fought against the United States. And that is not what you're supposed to do. Matter of fact, President Trump and Vice President Pence and President Biden, all of our presidents, all of our people in Congress, they raise their hands to the oh, They're supposed to protect the United States of America. That is their job. 
that's what they're for. They get paid to do that. Matter of fact, the vice president and the president, they make good money. You know what I'm saying? Good money for all of us. You see all their expenses, all their travel expenses, all that stuff. All you take care of it. We pay for all of that. So right now, uh, this is coming to fruition now. Uh, the special counsel, uh, he's now speeding that process up. Because right now, Mike Pence has been subpoenaed, and he's trying to fight that subpoena. But right now, that's not going to work because uh, they had to go through the court system. But, but uh, that kid has doesn't seem to see that process up, you know. And that is not what, you know, what uh, Pence is looking forward to. Now, while this, this is going on, we also have a problem, like, weeks or so, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, had turned over over 40,000 hours of video tapes of the January 6th, 2021 insurrection. Now, if you're not aware, 44,000 hours of video is a lot of video. And it shows all the access routes that they have to escape. It shows where the uh, people went to the party, people to hide. It shows all the stuff that will for be a national secret. And so now, just like this, okay, uh, um, uh, he's turning stuff over to them, and he did it okay without even consulting with, with the people in his party, his leadership. And so we're not sure how this is going to go, but one thing I do know, this is many uh, times to combat that his committee. So right now, all he's doing is going to create more confusion in our country. And another thing that's pretty confusing in our country, in the East Palestine, Ohio, uh, there's a, a rail derailment on February the 3rd, 2023, where a train derailed. And in it, they had toxic, toxic material that broke all the rules. First of all, it was not supposed to be, they did not alert the town that they had toxic materials on the train. And second of all, the uh, rules that were rolled back after on President Donald Trump have created the problem. And they thought the train was going too fast. And so now the people in East Palestine, their lives have been totally, totally turned around. And so now as, as they fight for their lives, their homes, their livelihood, uh, the interim EPA director, uh, Michael, Michael Reagan, was in town this week. He said, Northern Sun will be strong for all the cleanups. By the way, this I think could have been avoided. It could have been avoided at all means. And also something that they can be used this week, uh, St. Louis. You got to talk about it, not good, not bad, okay? Uh, last Sunday, uh, Mayor Tushari Jones was on the yesterday, I remember now, she was on show, uh, Positive Nation on the NBC. She spoke about there, about how the, uh, the Republican Party is trying to take over the city of St. Louis. And uh, by that, I mean the police department. Uh, we just got control of the police department uh, 10 years ago. Before that, he was controlled by the governor, making appointments to the commissioners that he appointed. And now, uh, uh, something that took place also last week, that was very, very, very tragic. A young lady lost both of her legs. You know, a body for a ball player. How does anybody have these ball ball tournaments to come in all the time? Well, this is a young man that should not have been behind him with the car. And he was speeding. Ran through some signs, stop signs, yield signs, and uh, 
hit her when she got caught. She lost both of her legs. Both of her legs. She's less than 20 years old. A whole life was before her. She just had a lot of talent in the scholarship, you know, less than three before. She was going to pay a lot of water in college and stuff. And so now, him going out, possibly the attorney, a civil attorney, how you want to use the word there, uh, she's been saying that he, she should not have been out. Now, prior to this taking place, um, uh, Kim Gordon was also under assault. So she was elected uh, to be a uh, attorney back in 2016, I want to say. The white police association, police officer association, has been against her from day one. Probably if she's a black woman, that the white police association was to do And that has been what a bad, bad, bad. So now the government's trying to, uh, trying to remove her from office. This one going for a couple more days, more years, much here. They also are saying it was hijacking and murders continue to increase. It's called on in there, which is a small bit of names, IRA folks. It's the Triggers and USA, IRA.com. Don't you lose my chain, come rest with the right back. Okay, so I'll take it out here. Share while we can. 
Okay, now in your history, uh, you know, you, uh, well, first of all, let's go back home. Okay? I mean, you most of the time. What high school did you go to? I went to Charles Sumner High School. <laughs> That's Where most awesome. great people come from. Oh, my God. Well, hold on a second. We got Solan, we got Pashana. I'm a Wolverine. I'm a Wolverine. We don't bow down for nothing. If you say so. Yeah, okay, but 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 Sean was known for that. Okay, they didn't back down for Americans. Now they they were kind of dumb though. They didn't want to get a fight with. We needed that, but uh. Reverend Brown, back in those days, uh, I know uh, a lot of people that's been on our program that we're familiar with. Most recently, we had uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wright, okay? And uh, he, he went to Fairhead back in the days, am I right? Oh, yes, he went to Sumner High School. And uh, he's a fraternity brother of mine, also. Omega Sci Fi fraternity. And also, you had uh, Richard, Richard Wood, also went to Sumner High School. Oh, yes, and I remember Bishop Wooten in college also. We went to the yeah, same yeah. college, as did John Wright, Harris okay. Teachers College. Mm-hmm. So, so from there, okay, bring us forward, okay, in your career, what things you have been involved with, please, young man. Well, I'm about to tell my age, but That's okay. years ago, years ago, <laughs> we were the first organization to publish a minority vendor's guide. We were the first organization to have an expo. Now the expos have turned around to be uh, commercial, but ours was intended to expose the minority business people to powerful uh, white business people who could arrange business opportunities for them. The name of the organization was ICBO, which stood okay. for Interracial Council for Business Opportunity. It was a national organization. I was the local executive director. And during that period of time, we created a lot of famous firsts. We created the uh, National Minority uh, Black Clothing Association. At that particular time, um, you know, we, we decided to put the minority business retailers together in one organization so they have more buying power and yeah. more staying power and more advertising power. And it worked very, very well. Uh, I was also the, the first black stockbroker for Merrill Lynch. I, uh, I decided that it was good for me if I was going to assist minority business development to learn more about larger deals and independent okay. financing. And that is why I pursued the role of stockbroker. Okay, now we're the first people that were okay there. Explain what, what the stockbroker do. What, what do they do? Well, a stockbroker invests money and gives advice uh, to people with money and organizations with money and companies with money who are looking to uh, make a profit of some kind. 
we sold coal to major institutions like Union Electric and uh, the Union Electric equivalences in other cities and states. And often, you know, that market still exists, and it's a market where you never really see the product. You buy and sell. I remember one time I went to close the coal deal, uh, and, and we had to meet in Quebec, Canada, and I had a check for $10 million that I carried with me. Can you believe that? $10 million. And I could never really complete the purchase because I wasn't satisfied that the product actually existed. So I sent the $10 million back. But now, what happens when you go through research, this would be show well, you have these group of brokers uh, who identify the product or say they have the product, and you have to do due diligence to make sure that what they say is true. And that's done either by them uh, verifying that is true legally uh, and posting it with banks or with attorneys who further testified or you have uh, pictures or you have uh, the original source that guarantees that that is in fact their product that they're manufacturing or producing and uh, it's a very complicated system yeah and yeah you can lose your shirt or you can buy several shirts I returned it. Yes, sir. I returned it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Let me ask you what I'm going to my personal perspective, okay? How did it make you feel, though, when you get the check up and see $10 million? That's a whole lot of zeros on a check. Yeah, and they were trying to get it, too. They were trying to get it, but I never felt comfortable. And I advise people who put the check in my uh, possession, in my control, that I just wasn't satisfied that the product was there. So I'm sorry, and the product, the profits you anticipated receiving are not going to be received because I'm not going to release this check. <laughs> okay, now, how would they receive when you got back from, from your group? Uh, they appreciated it because they knew that I also wanted to make a profit <laughs> on <laughs> that transaction also. How much? Uh, yes, indeed. Okay, okay and this from there, okay, let's what, what, uh, take us, okay, so you were able to uh, get down now, now that group was here in St. Louis that you worked with, or was it uh, national? Yes, uh, well, it was uh, here in St. Louis, but it was a national company. Okay. Yeah. Brown, uh, uh, is uh, Merrill Lynch still in business, or are they out Merrill, Lynch, Merrill Lynch is still in business. It's a national stock brokerage company. It's been purchased, or I think it combined, it purchased another company. So it's, it was called Merrill Lynch, Benner, Pierce, and Smith at the time I was involved. It's now called yeah, Merrill just, Lynch. I used to hear that, uh, that big company, Merrill Lynch. 
Yes, yes indeed, when you were a kid. <laughs> exactly, so I'm dating myself. No, no, I am dating we're, myself. When we're really loud, it's also said for you don't like me, Sarah. <laughs> yes. So we're dating ourselves also. <laughs> well, he was a kid when I was a teenager. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's, okay, that's okay, but see, Larry, it's things like this, okay, that I guarantee you, people of St. Louis, okay, was aware that you, the black man, had controlled a $10 million. Oh, yeah. We, are, you know, we I, arranged a, the first uh, Cadillac dealership that was minority-owned, and as you know, back in those days, uh, Cadillac in the black community ownership was a, a, a sign of success. Yeah. So, so there were we were able to uh, arrange for the first black-owned Cadillac dealership, and it was a struggle too because we had to get the guy in a minority dealership school, and the company that he worked for, which was white-owned also in St. Louis, uh, did everything they could do to keep him from getting approved and to also, um, when he finished the course, to get a location. So he had to actually open the business in Alton, Illinois, as opposed to St. Louis, Missouri. You may be familiar with Mercer Cadillac. Yeah. I remember the Cadillac dealers that used to be down there on Jefferson, but they ain't there no more. Yeah, oh, well, I tell you, that's Lindbergh Cadillac. Lindbergh, Lindbergh Cadillac, yeah. They were among the group that tried to keep him from getting in business, you know? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he uh, left Alton and had to go to Atlanta. He's dead now. Wow, well, what was his name? Are you going to mention Calvin Mercer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it just so it just so happened we attended the same church, and he also was working for Pontiac at the time I graduated from college, and I bought my very first car from him. Okay. So I felt very good about assisting him in getting in the minority dealer training program and becoming. Okay, now, now, the one that you were talking about, when did it start? You know, the one that you were talking about, what is the name of the business? What is the name of the business? Well, that was ICBO, Interracial Counter for Business Opportunity. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, okay. I always chuckle when I think about that because, you know, we uh, had to submit our packages to the Small Business Administration for funding often, oftentimes if the minority business person was seeking funding. And one time we submitted a proposal for a, a hot sheets motel, okay? And, and they, could, they could never understand why the turnover, you know, the, the, the number of dollars per room that you would get from the location because they were familiar with regular hotels, right? Mm -hmm. So when we said that a hotel would produce 150% turnover daily, <laughs> they said, what? 
Impossible. So we had to really, really explain the workings of the hot We call them hot cheese motels. <laughs> well, okay, the hot cheese motels, okay. So down in Mississippi, okay, my uncle, guess you're talking, he had a hot cheese motel down in Victoria, Mississippi, okay. And, you know, and, you know, and, uh, and also, you know, we were in the program, we talked about the Green Book, you know, that was very much a part, okay. Of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the blacks that they traveled from place to place, okay? Uh, not only did they have, have a, a shoebox for their food, but they had, there were no hotels that they to go to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But when, so right there, whatever happened to, uh, you know, when did, were you successful in getting the, uh, the hotel, the motel? Well, are you familiar with the hotel on, on King's Highway? Uh, <laughs> No, on the on King's Airway, just north of Natural Bridge. Well, I'm trying to call it, uh, yes, uh, I'll Yeah, I, I know what hotels you're talking about. <laughs> I used to pick up a lot of patients from there. Did you say pick up or you used to tend it a lot? I tend a lot and pick up. Association, and because a lot of blacks uh, had opportunities, but they were operating at less than their capability. In other words, they were getting small contracts here and there when there was a lot of money being spent, and then a lot of programs started being created to assist the minorities, and our minorities weren't getting them. You know, more when it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. As a matter of fact, uh, it's true. there are a lot of opportunities out there right now if we can access them. And also, by the way, like Senator Larry also is now executive vice president of the Human Commerce. You know, and that uh, he joined the chamber a couple of years ago. You know, and I've been on Larry for a long time. And you've been known by a whole lot of first, okay. One thing that uh, that, that, that the group that you work with about in a supermarket is about that, Larry. Oh, yes. Well, uh, uh, in order for a supermarket to be successful, it has to have a large customer base, as any retail operation does. So we thought that combining the ministers, who were ministers of black-owned church facilities, and they would get their congregations to shop at their store. So the store would be a natural winner. Right. Uh, and that's, that's a concept that we move forward on. However, uh, there were some other things we had not anticipated that caused those, that particular operation not to work. The envy, the envy uh, among the, the leaders, the inability to 
to work together. Um, yeah. Things things of that nature. Yeah, and also, Larry, that's who I was with them. Where was that in Mitchell? Where they located? On Grand. On Grand, right across from uh, very close to the, the hospital, the government hospital. The hospital, yeah. hospital. Yeah. I know what you're talking about there, too. I know this whole city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, before I forget, I would like to say that, uh, you know, we're, we're only here for a short time, people in general, and everybody has access to the talent that they were awarded by God when they were born. So everybody's here for a purpose, and nobody's the same. Uh, it's important that we're able to to preserve life and to let people know that they have potential, no matter who they are, no matter what their status in life is, and that it's important for them to understand that with God they can make it. And, Amen. And, uh, you know, we have a book now called it was released last year, about the middle of last year. It's called, uh, <laughs> uh, it's only uh, about 103 pages, but it's set up so an individual can really uh, digest, read and digest a chapter very, very quickly. And, you know, some books are so big and long, that you have yeah. you get tired of reading them and you have to read the whole thing in order to get the real message yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And and our publication is aimed at the average reader who has short and most people have short attention spans. So mm-hmm. it's called uh, uh, Thoughts for a Positive Life. And it's available at all the book, major bookstores like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Thoughts for a positive life. You gotta see that three times. Thoughts for a positive life by Dr. Larry Brown. And it's available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And most bookstores can get it. Or you can yeah. give us a call at uh, Grace Chapel Ministries. Uh, that number? That number? 314 995 5013. That's 314 995 5013. Or you can uh, send us an email, and uh, that email address is gracechapeldevelopment at gmail.com at gmail.com Grace Chapel Development at gmail.com 
and, and also, Larry, uh, you know, the last time you and I was on this show was a couple years ago. Um, we were talking about education. Okay, man, how you put it like I think you chairman up by his committee. And, uh, and you had a new mortgage, not mortgage, you use a t shirt. And I see where a man almost had around the house, okay? That, that, that. So tell us about that program also. Yeah, well, it's. It's all part of the same concept. That is, the, the T-shirt says, I'm alive, let me survive. The concept is that our future is in the hands of young people who are becoming adults. And if, if we are able to uh, instill in them the positive things, then they will carry that throughout life in their communities and wherever they go. And our communities will succeed. Um, and throughout life, um, if we're there, I see there are agencies and individuals and organizations like fraternal organizations, uh, the, the Masonic organizations, and, and all of those groups that are either independent or funded, uh, but the young people don't know that they exist, nor how to access them, and job placement agencies, and all kind of organizations exist out there now. They didn't at the time <laughs> we were coming up, but they exist now. But it's a matter of being able to grab that young person when he or she is in high school as they're coming out uh, and putting them in uh, knowing what they want to do or don't want to do and helping to guide them and hold their hand and love on them and instill in them the positive uh, kind of things that are necessary, making them understand who the Lord is and how he can help them benefit as, as opposed to whatever images they may have of the relationship and also uh, put them in touch with these organizations and individuals and, and opportunities that are right out there right now. So this, this, this program is ultimately trying to become a part of, of the public school system because the funds are already there. It's just a matter of the public school systems and kids have to go because they graduate from high school and then they become adults later on they okay so the funds are already there they have to just decide to spend some of the money per high school graduate on this particular program you know and, uh, and one of the things okay uh, that's a, that's a, that's a conference you know, one of the things you already know okay our, one of our main focus is our young people Also, 
And also, uh, we want to take the rest of the jury to see the Michael Brown site. And that'll be kind of a bit too. So, but these things now, we want to show them history. Then, about history, I should say, uh, Michael Brown turned out a whole lot of ancient around the time of his And then, we visit uh, Harrisburg, we visit Vagabond. This is a very, very you know, well known black organization. It's been over the years, they've been very quite successful. When you when you speak of Michael Brown, uh, he was the reason why uh, I think I was selected to introduce this particular program because, as you know, he was killed on August 9th. That's my birthday. Uh, and yeah, he's killed on August 9th, uh, and you know the whole concept came out of that experience. Mm-hmm. Wow. And also, Larry, one of the things I'm saying that uh, with your comrades, we're trying to highlight uh, businesses. Uh, you know, we recently met with the uh, county uh, executive campaign here in St. Louis. And uh, we also had a, someone, another meeting with the with, city uh, of St. Louis, the senior vice president. Lance Knuckles there, uh, or, or, and they want to work with us and get back young, get black businesses involved. But we also want to make sure we bring the young people on also to have a view and participate in how this stuff will take place. You know, and I, you know, and I think this is a good time now that, that people not only teach, speak what they, what they teach, but uh, we'll be remiss in saying congratulations to you on the honor that very few black people have we ever got in this country that your daughter and she wasn't here at St. Louis, she was in the junior high school in the junior school district, I should say. That's right. And she That's right. went up there and went to, uh, went to uh, the Westbound there at the end of the Reverend Harold I call him Chico. Okay, he was uh, uh, the president of the board that you know, for a while. His wife also was the mayor of Virginia. But uh, after she left Virginia, she was speak of Kansas. But she was doing great things there. And most of this past week, I think, said uh, she was nominated and picked to be the superintendent of the year. Congratulations. Of all the superintendents in the country, she's number one. one. <laughs> she's number one in the, in the whole country. Yeah, so, indeed. And, 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 and in the end, okay, I missed I missed he said that she watched her father, Reverend Larry Brown. Okay. He just talked about, okay, and you know, and, you know, and inspired her to go forward and work in the community and show that the young black people can be successful. Well, she's always been a very uh, special kid, you know. The uh, I was raised by my aunt from the time I was three months old. Mm-hmm. until uh, I got married and she was a school teacher and she mm-hmm. was very, very heavy on education. So she would be very, very proud right now of my daughter's accomplishments. Well, uh, are we all on there? It's, 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 I'm just bummed over just, you know, just to, you know, the, to hear about it, okay? And, and see, I know you and, and I know for, for many, many years, okay, you've been very much, you know, 
teaching aviation. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that she has accomplished that uh, because it's all about people, giving people an opportunity to exhibit the gifts that they already have within them. And, and there's another thing, Larry, that uh, we haven't spoken about here, that when I first met you some years ago, uh, you had created the first black, first black training facility for, uh, for cable television out of St. George. Well, you know, at that particular time, our, uh, the percentage of minorities in the cable television industry almost was less than 1%. And, and uh, cable television was then coming to the urban cities of America because it began on the boondocks, you know, in the country. Uh, and so we said it doesn't make sense for cable to be coming into the major urban cities and our people are not going to get any jobs. So, and, and they can't say uh, that they're discriminating because they've got to have people, you know, <laughs> so we they better get them you. trained. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they couldn't say no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, right, like, you know, uh, I mean, that was the first one in the entire country. Remember, she was right. That's right. Matter of fact, I was happy to say, okay, you just mentioned the cable industry, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, from now in the radio and, and other stuff, okay. But uh, you got me induced to that. In fact, I was one of your assistants out there. In fact, I would say, totally at that time, you know, so it's one of the things that you did and what you did, so you got so admired about this. But almost every cable system in the city of St. Louis, uh, since its inception, the installers of the technicians went to your school. Right, right. As a matter of fact, on, on one occasion, we were able to get the cable TV company to buy brand new trucks. He bought a whole yeah. bunch of trucks. And all right. of my guys, when they graduated, uh, mm -hmm. received these keys to a brand new truck yeah. to go and do cable. As a matter of fact, and now that you mentioned cable, I was the mm -hmm. first black in the country to receive five cable TV franchises in the same year um, because we discovered that a lot of these major cable TV companies didn't want to build cable TV systems in small communities that were primarily black. So I received the cable TV franchise in Wellston, Kenlock, East St. Louis, uh, and two other communities over in Illinois. Larry, that hasn't changed. But as a matter of fact, uh, while we're talking about this, the Missouri Chair of Commerce, along with um, Donnie Green uh, of GNS Town Commerce LLC, and I hate that uh, project there. We did a late institute there uh, to train in that. And in that, uh, you know, you we were much involved. But this is going to be different in that we're going to train for the installation people. But all we have to do is own franchise. Yeah, yeah, right on. But, because a lot of, see, a lot of uh, young blacks and older black you know, people, especially the young men in the sports or in the, in the recording industry, they got goobs and goobs of money, and they don't know what to do with it. And, and we look for invest opportunities, 
And so, in the rural areas right now, we're going to introduce them, okay, to uh, areas where they can just put a couple million dollars up in that area and, and, and have a franchise. Excellent, excellent. You know, and that, that in turn is okay, as you already know, uh, on a franchise, you know, that's what it's used to come in for years to come. Absolutely. And, that, and that's one of the things we've got to do. We've got to, to do uh, money so that it lasts throughout generations how we used to call the white folks money uh, blue blood money. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's, they already inherited it and then received it. Their brothers and I did, you know? Not 
Jesus was doing okay. But uh, that's, a, that's a money maker because, you know, you advertise on it. Uh, you, your entertainment value is on it. And everything like that is going toward that, it's on that industry. And, you know, there are so many opportunities now it, that were not available to us or didn't even exist at the time. And there will be opportunities developed in the future, the way technology is going, um, so that they can't discriminate. So we've got to be prepared. Education, we've got to encourage our young people to become educated, and the opportunities will present themselves. Even though right now, when we look at music form, rapping, and the, the, the culture is changing. And opportunities wow. change. Oh yeah. You know, like, that's one of the reasons okay, here in Missouri, the Commerce, um, our focus, okay, as you already know, is that we know we have to create a whole new industry here because traditional jobs, uh, companies, you know, are not those jobs are not available. So for our people, that's in right. 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 So, so we got to do it. By the way. Uh, I'm having to introduce uh, a good for you talking to me a couple of times already. Uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a little while. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm good. Good afternoon. Yeah. My brother. Hey, Chuck. How's it going? <laughs> doing well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Aaron Brown, you spoke here before in the past, okay? Uh, and, and I'm telling you, he's out of the Vice just we were talking, okay, about a range of things, but one of them is the education, you know, how blacks got to so create in industries, and what we're doing with our, with our institute, ATI, is we're creating a whole new industry where blacks can have ownership. You know, they can own their own, uh, their own installation companies. They can own their own, own TV, TV franchise. Uh, they can own the uh, marketing company. Y'all can own their own, own, you know, their own, you know, production company. All that goes into a system. You know, that, 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 that works. But, Chuck, before we went further, Larry Brown, Reverend Larry Brown, like now his daughter was just elected as the number one superintendent in the whole country. This past week, Larry, uh, so, I mean, yeah. so I'm, I'm very proud of him. And your wife being educated, you know, understand what education means, but be a, a black superintendent, number one in the whole country, then that is a rarity. I, I, I told her, I asked her, uh, since she's in Topeka, Kansas, and you're familiar with Brown versus Topeka? No, me. <laughs> the, the lawsuit launched Brown by the Brown. person named Brown. Oh, man, way back when, which, you know, kind of integrated schools. I, I asked yeah. her, had she yet told them that her maiden name was Brown? <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. said, oh, well, I'd probably lose my job. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, her name is Anderson. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. Oh. But anyway, Chuck, uh, let's uh, roll everybody. You guys spoke before, and right now, we are on a mission now, uh, speeding things up, you know, and a layer of meetings, you know, uh, in on that process. But, uh, first of all, Chuck, what have you been up to in the last week or so? You know, we had a full week. 
we had the uh, National Black Business Policy Conference here in Washington. We had mm -hmm. 50 of the top black CEOs of uh, black companies, uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies that in this case are more like chief diversity officers, but they are on the C-suite level. And uh, had leaders of associations and organizations come together and we had a luncheon that we introduced resources uh, that are available to facilitate exporting and international commerce. Then we had a, a meeting with the undersecretary of the Minority Business Development Agency, um, Donald Cravens, and we had a wonderful meeting there where we talked about um, what we're going to be able to do utilizing their resources, but in a philosophical sense about working together uh, and how we're going to be able to pursue um, bringing, bringing these more opportunities to our businesses, to our constituents. It, it was a resounding success. It was part of their Black History Month uh, celebration, but this one had a significant purpose to it. And we're in recognition of our ancestors and particularly uh, Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois, and uh, Marcus Garvey uh, as it relates to economic development within the black community. And so and then, uh, we're by excited. The way, by the way, Chuck, I got to send you, okay? You will see that you're in the table this house, am I right? You want to see it to you? There were, there were three of us, yes. Okay, but you did the end of the tape. Well, who yeah. were the other two? Uh, Undersecretary Donald Cravens, and then the uh, President CEO of the National Business League, which is uh, my co-founder with the National Alliance for Black Business. And we've aligned uh, to take ourselves out of somewhat of a uh, what, what some people may be impressed is like competitive, being competitive about what black business organization should I work with or what should I do. So mm -hmm. we want that out the equation to say that it's all the same. And we're, we're coming together uh, to have a singular, singular voice uh, mm -hmm. as a, and collateralize our resources and our manpower. That sounds so very good. I'm glad to see that that happened, and I hope it does happen uh, so that we can do that because the opportunities are certainly there now, and we have to take advantage of them. I'm going to have to leave the air now, but I am so glad that Chuck was able to make it because we're in good hands, and he has some very good information to share with us. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Amen. And we will be talking about it. Thank you so much. Okay, okay, Chuck, is, uh, you have the show. Oh, that was on Tuesday. Okay, what about Wednesday? Wednesday, Tuesday actually was the reception, and we mm -hmm. just kind of got, got together and allowed everybody to kind of say what was on their mind and what mm -hmm. uh, what needs were the challenges. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ira, we had a we had an interesting. Uh, thing occur where Wednesday morning we were scheduled to meet at the White House and we were going to get a 
briefing from the uh, public liaison, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and uh, the former mayor of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, former mayor, and 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 departing her position at the White House, and I think there's some friction there or something. But the point is that they canceled on us at the last minute, and then later we found out they took a different group in there. Uh, uh, in same agenda, same everything, same room, same time, same people, and even you know they forced us to uh, submit our guest list so they could do background checks and all that. And mm -hmm. they took our list, invited some of the people on that list to come to this thing, and then told us we couldn't come to our own event. And they took that oh, and something else. Yeah, uh, it was. It was, started, but, but you know, it didn't. It didn't phase us. It didn't. You know, we were disappointed that politics still raises ugly head. And mm -hmm. you know how you know how people do is where they say, well, it isn't that black group, but we got a black group. There's some black people in there, but it was a whole different uh, group of people that weren't coming to listen to what you're doing and. I think it puts more emphasis on the uh, mirage or the, the, the facade that they're p putting in front of us where they want to help black businesses, but that's what they say when the cameras are rolling and then behind the scenes, they're making it uh, almost impossible. Mm -hmm. So we saw more of that still continuing and going on and it leading into a... Um, a campaign uh, year as as this year plays out, more people are going to announce their candidacy or come come out in the public with it. And uh, you know, and this administration's got a lot of questions, a lot of things going on that uh, they're going to have to answer for. So even though you know we we made a move, we we were we were proactive, and it caused. Mm -hmm. And you know they've got their uh, hardline party type individuals that want to claim to be the voice of black business and what they're saying and doing, and they're uh, trying to speak for everybody. But you know you got to kind of be careful because they're going to lead you down the path, and you're going to realize once you're down that path that may not be the place you want to be or saying the things that you need to be saying, and at the same time. You still got the same issues that you've always had, uh, and nothing's better. You know, Chuck, that reminds me of, Chuck, you know, that reminds me of our late uh, co-founder, uh, Harry Alfred, uh, in the last administration. Uh, he sounded the horn, okay, about the emergency that was taking place, and that civil rights was, uh, was unseized at that time. And matter of fact, uh, we still have that on our station here, okay? He, he convened a roundtable, you recall, which I know you do, of all the black businesses and stuff, okay? And that's that your Congress was the one that, you know, really didn't want to what was going on, if you recall. And all these businesses got on, was on the call with us, okay? You know, that, you know we had a big meeting and stuff, but there were several thousand people, you recall. And at the end of the day, we got nothing. You recall that, I was not sure. It's uh, 
been going on for a while. And when Perry stopped fighting them because we were the only ones that were saying anything and they attacked us, and we just got to the point where we said, well, it, it, you know, this particular approach and this particular tactic isn't getting us anywhere. And so we went and stopped and thought about it. But, you know, that whole thing got to a point where we weren't getting any support from the Republican or Democrats. So it really didn't, whether it was Trump or whether it's Biden. And, you know, inside, they had the same thing, and there were the usual people. That's kind of like when we start talking about this minority majority, but what they've done is made it so there's a whole lot of white folks that could be qualified as minorities uh, mm -hmm. in the sense of a government uh, uh, mm -hmm. definition. Mm -hmm. So minority numbers, you heard me say this before, minority numbers were up. But black mm -hmm. business uh, and economics were down. You know, no, no, that's one of the things, okay, that here in the Liberty of Congress, uh, I tell people, I have no problem using the word black, okay, when I have these meetings, okay. Remember, see, that, you know, we met with the county executive, and I was very straightforward with them, okay, who we were and what our goals were, and that, and that, and that uh, he would be with us. As a matter of fact, meetings are already taking place now, Chuck, county executive here, about bringing blacks, okay, into the administration, but into the programs that that uh, that's here in St. Louis County, in St. Missouri. And, and you know, already we got the cement put in Kansas City already, okay, and also down in, uh, you know, um, in, in, in the Haytown area, you know, and that we have an impact, that we, we come to the table as blacks, needing blacks to have jobs. Blacks need to be educated. And that's one of the things that uh, Reverend Brown and I, and I always, we're here, as we have to tell you, um, we have no problem, you know, saying who we are. And we're aware, okay, I know here in St. Louis, when I was designing a program for the North Pacific now, Jamie industry, years ago, uh, we, uh, I think maybe after five years in, we were inundated, okay, with uh, white females building their husband. You know, you know, he was out of nowhere, you know, as a matter of fact, one of the reason was because I'm boss at that time, you know, being a white female, she decided to open the door up, okay, was her idea. And it, and it just spread like wildfire. But naturally, you know, uh, uh, I didn't let that go through that way, okay. You still call you know, black people involved. You know, and that's the whole thing that we got to stay cognizant, okay. Uh, you know, that things, you know, don't look the same, are not the same, but at the same time, the goal is the goal is you know, to get certain people you know, that they you know, people have choice, that's just organization I just said, a choice. You know, and, and, and we're gonna force our way into it. We'll do it right real. Right. You know, we 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 not we not gonna be that you kinda know that that way, okay. And that's when we just came into the county executive here, now the people down the HF, you know, we all resort to your commerce and we advocate and we're fighting for young black folks, older black folks.
you know, and right now uh, what you're doing there at the top end, okay, you gotta, you know, you gotta start there and come down, okay? And we all gotta be on the same page. So, 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 yeah. well, so anyway, uh, what is happening this week? We're, uh, we're focused on um, trade missions that are coming up. We got um, one to India. We got one to Kenya, uh, Costa Rica, and Colombia. And then in August, there's going to be one to, uh, to Africa. There'll be South Africa, Nigeria, and Ghana, along with the uh, International Trade Administration. Well, now, Chuck, one of the things, okay, you, you and I personally had an earlier conversation. Uh, we might not get more information, okay, about what's going on uh, with, through our station and through our resources, okay. Um, if we find out about what's going on, okay, we want to participate, you know, and, uh, you know, and but we have to get that information to get it out to the, to the public. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, but that's right. part of that's part of what we're doing uh, is gathering all the information, and then we want to find out, you know, what businesses are interested in what aspect of that. And at the whole same time, we're reorganizing the whole organization. I know, how, I know. How our chambers interact, how our leadership uh, interacts with not only the businesses but the chambers as well as uh, uh, what we call civil society. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, Chuck, uh, I'll say it to you off the air, I'm going to say it to you personally on the air. Uh, I'm excited, okay, about the move that you're making, city moves, okay, uh, with the uh, Venice Alliance. That was a huge move right there in this area you on. That takes out that, you know, this group, that group, we got cycles. I mean, it's, it's enough to go around here about it. You know, and I think the Venice Alliance that was created through you uh, is going to be a game changer for a long time to come. And I commend you, you know, on what you're doing with your legacy at the head of the table than you were with your counterpart. And that's, that's so volumes to people, okay? That, that there's no division here. And because that organization that we just uh, aligned with, it was back to the 1900s. Tell us a bit about that also. Yep. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot, Ira, and we're, we're going to organize it, and we're going to keep going with those people that want to work with us and do things that are smart enough to understand that times are changing, regardless yes. of what a politician may think or say or do. And we're receiving tremendous support just from our own people, our communities. Just like the reaction uh, there was like, people are happy to hear that we're not allowing uh, uh, we're not allowing the the, the 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 puppet masters if you will people if you allow yourself mm-hmm. to be a puppet they're gonna play it they're gonna see blacks fighting each other mm-hmm. yeah and that's one thing that I would have, we're not in that not, not sure people here in Missouri some other organization um, we, we're not competing with no one as you said matter of fact a couple of weeks ago on a call Integration, okay. Uh, we don't compete, okay. We are who we are, you know. And, and we're the largest organization in the country, in the world right now. The team that you put together, and that's what I'm saying. Not only you know have you put, uh, created you know that mechanism, okay, for the for the people, 
people that work with, but now, okay, it's, it's a worldwide alliance that's, that we become. And that is, is suddenly, okay, it's something that's always been there. She just kind of bring that to light. Tell them about that a little bit. Say that again. Tell you about. I said, I said, you know, you know about uh, the last that we've been putting out and designing. You have brought all this to life now, which you have done. Yeah, we're we're kind of saying that. Well, we're not kind of. We're definitely saying we're not we're not political. We're not partisan, and oh. we got to do what we got to do in in right. order for a business to survive, to be able to do business with ourselves, and. Yeah. You know, this is that other side of uh, segregation, that if there were some positives about segregation, it forced us, it forces us to do business with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how economies were able to, uh, to grow and survive and thrive. Amen. One of the things that you uh, didn't hear, okay, but Reverend Brown was just saying, okay, that he was the first black stockbroker, you know, in, in the country with Merrill Lynch back in the days, you know, and some things that being black, being black first, 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 okay, that he knocked some doors down. And right now, that's why uh, the chamber right now is our vehicle right now, okay, to, 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 reach, you know, to, to kind of get us back into the game here. You know, and not just on a local level, but, uh, but on the city right now, they're making decisions, okay, but how the money could be spent. But you can't, you, you cannot, you know, I learned what I teach, okay? You cannot be a part to the party, okay, if you're not at the table with some equal rights, equal share of the you know, decision making. You know, and that's where it was actually in commerce, but just now so to be. And so far, you know, it's been a, it's been a grind, okay? But we didn't get that respect around the state of Missouri that, that we are here to that we here to stay. Well, you know, we touched on it I think the past couple of weeks about the power of economics. Mm-hmm. You know, and how like we use that uh, Kanye West uh, situation as an example. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and that's just like one big example. Mm-hmm. And but, yeah, but, yeah, when we. When we decide that we're going to support a business or not a business, it makes a big difference. And if you look out now, you look at you look out here right now. So what do we know that we do? We, you know, it, it, it's certainly things like Air Jordans. And even though Michael Jordan does make money off of it, there's a whole lot of other people make money too. You know, more than he. And then if you look at the cars, the liquor, the places we go, the clothes, all of, all of, all of it, all of it, all we got to do is say that they don't love us and we ain't loving them. Yeah. It, it, will change, it will change in a heartbeat. You know, we yes, talk sir. about what is the cost of diversity, you know, and what is the expense when you don't have it or when you don't, and that's where... You know, we got, we, we, we listen to these politicians, they get in there, and, and in some cases, you can't blame, let's say, necessarily that one official, but the whole system in such a way that if we don't get demonstrative with it, and by that I mean, like, 
You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta be forceful. You gotta protest. You, gotta, right. you gotta do things about it. You know. You gotta and, educate. Yeah, and you know, if you go back right now and you look at, well, what have we done? You know, what 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 can we study? In you know the case study, what really happened? Mm-hmm. And boy, don't you know, all that money that uh, was raised and given to uh, Black Lives Matter. You know, they're checking their, their their records, their tax returns, and the other things that they have to do uh, that are public information for a nonprofit. Hate to do this, gentlemen, but uh, calling the time on the wall. Okay, go ahead. I got you. I'm watching, okay? All right. Go ahead, Chuck. You know, uh, so, so, you know, I, I, I'm just saying that... Uh, if we support each other, if, if we start, as I say, doing business with each other, uh, then things things can change. Well, so that's, that's one thing, okay, that uh, the institute that I see on this, okay, that we created in ASAP, uh, with our institute, okay, where blacks get all their own franchises. Now, that alone creates a whole level of you know, production companies, uh, sales companies management company, production company, insulation company, all of that can be controlled, okay? All these athletes right now making all this money, they can invest in their own franchise in the rural areas, Chuck. And, and, and that's, that's, that's wealth to be passed on. I mean, and, and that's the that, 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 that we can, that we actually can control it, we can get our fair share. And, and right now, it's, so we're getting, we are being well received, okay? Well, what are we doing with it? Because right now, you know, uh, most of these black production companies right now do these movies where they gotta have some place to put them in the shoulder stuff. That's when it comes to the need for the system, cable system around the country. So right now, then blacks are the only franchises in the rural areas and some in, in much of the areas, okay? That's where the money is at. That's why you control the communication also. We can advertise about what you're doing in your community, who you are, stuff like that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. We got a lot to do, a lot to say, but but we can do it easy. That's part of this international piece. You know, when you start looking at how much market is out here and what you can do, and then look at us to to work with them, to partner, to see if they can build the same same type of economic base based on the same type of businesses and community support and uh, community uh, economic development. So, and that's where, and and that's where, that's where, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, that's where we right now, we need for the economic genes in Missouri. Yes, sir. And that's what that's what we aiming to do, uh, Chuck. And, uh, and I know that you had a full week, okay. I want to thank you so much, okay. And I also thank you know uh, our president, Colonel Woodley, Ivy, okay. I see you guys sitting right there with it at the table, and that's a good thing. And uh, and we look forward to continue doing that right now. But people who listen to us, it's Chuck Bowl, CEO of the National Chamber Commerce, that's making the capital the national level. Name is our folks. That's uh, Reverend Lau, that's Scott Owens. Amen. Lunch with the Virginia of Congress. Thank you so much. Enjoy yourself and please be safe. Good night. Good.